Today we're going to talk about real joy, real joy. There was a book several years ago, a man came out, a Christian man wrote, and he said the title of it was The Happiest People on Earth. And really, uh, he hasn't been in some of the same churches that I've been in, because sometimes some of the people, that, that God's people, they don't look like the happiest people on earth. <laughs> And we should be. We are the blessed of God. Why we don't look that way sometimes is because of our thinking, because of all the things going on. We'll talk about that a little bit as we go. But today we're going to talk about real joy. And I think, for myself anyway, I just need a reminder that being in Christ, because of what God's done for me, I can have real joy. Real joy. It's not dependent on anything except my relationship with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Philippians 4 and verse 4, the contemporary English, Paul said, Always be glad because of the Lord. I will say it again, be glad. Always be gentle with others. Hallelujah. Be glad and be gentle. I don't have to bully people around. No, I let God fight my battles, you know. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that we just let people run over us, but we don't have to be a bully. We don't have to be pushy. We don't have to push our way in. You know, God can open doors that no man can shut. That's right. He said, say it again. And where was Paul at when you said this? He was in jail, remember? Sixteen times in the book of Philippians, he said, joy, 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 rejoice, joy, count it, joy, count it, joy, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. And he say, what's he trying to talk about? What's he trying to tell me? He's trying to tell us that we need to choose joy and step into that joy by faith. Why? One good reason is the Lord will soon be here. The Lord will soon be here. Don't forget, and, and this week especially, it's become, Cindy and I have been talking about it. We've encountered several people that, that really, uh, we would say, okay, they don't know Jesus. Uh, they need help, and some would even call themselves Christians, but they're, they're deceived. They really don't have a good understanding of a relationship with Jesus. You know, and, and most people that believe in God in any way, shape, or form, they'd say, well, yeah, there's probably an afterlife. Yeah, there's probably a heaven maybe they're not too sure about help you know people want to believe in heaven but they don't want to believe in hell yeah. now, I understand but they're both real but we don't have to worry about that. All we need to do is follow Jesus. And here's the thing. It's not just the afterlife that God wants to do good things in our life. It's right now. I mean, thank God, if it was only in the afterlife, great. But God wants to do things right now. He's given us the first fruit of our inheritance right now. He doesn't say, oh, no, you just suffer through and just wait, and one day it'll be worth it all. It will. But... He wants to help us and use us and bless us and cause our God-given dreams to come to pass right now. He wants to love on you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants you to get up every day and be happy and be blessed and go, man, God's good to me. Yes. Doesn't he? God wants us to be, and really part of it is being thankful, but He wants us to have that peace and that joy and to enjoy all that God's provided. To enjoy all that God has provided. God's provided so many wonderful, amazing things. He's put wonderful people in our lives. He's put friends and relatives that love us. He's put people in our life that will sacrifice, that will take their time to pray for me. That's an incredible gift. He's put us in a beautiful world, and we live in really one of the most beautiful places in the whole wide world, don't we? Praise the Lord. We don't tell people that too much because we don't want everyone moving here. <laughs> 
all God has done for us in Christ, we're blessed. But it's easy to look at circumstances and things and understand that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But we need to get our eyes refocused. I do, so I believe you probably do. We need to get our eyes on all that God's done for us in Christ Jesus. He's our good shepherd. He's washed us in the blood. The Father's washed us in the blood. He's made us a new creation in Christ Jesus. He's written our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. We can smile, we can be happy, we can act like the Bible is true. Sometimes, and you've heard me say it many times, sometimes I just open up my Bible to those last couple chapters of the book of Revelation because you just think, man, all hell is breaking loose in my life and in the world and oh my, what am I going to do? And I like to look and read those last couple chapters and go, oh yeah, we win in the end. I'm the kind of kid, you know, you read a book and they say, now don't skip ahead because, you you know, you'll find out the end. And then I'm like, mm, I got to find out what's going to happen. I want to know. <laughs> Praise God. God wants to turn some things in your life. Yes, he does. Smile at me. <laughs> God wants to turn some things in your life. You say, right now, there is no way. It's impossible. It's going the wrong way. You know what? God can speak one word and turn that situation completely. He wants to restore some things that were lost. And just because something looks lost, there was something going on and and, uh, I hadn't planned. But Cindy, we were praying about a certain thing and it looked like it had gone completely the other direction. And, and I was talking with, with uh, someone, and I said, well, you know, it's just like the situation that you faced, and it went the wrong direction, but eventually it came back around, and, and it worked out. Right. And, and so I was thinking that, and Cindy said, well, Lord, you know, that didn't work out. And he said, who said it's not going to work out? <laughs> We're like, well, praise the Lord. But it doesn't look like it's, well, everything we see is subject to change, isn't it? So as long as we believe that and we know that, then we can put a smile on our face, even if things are going, looks like the wrong direction. And some people, they go, well, he doesn't have enough sense to worry. No, I have enough sense not to worry. I'm challenged and I do worry a lot more than I should because I get my eyes off of the Lord, just like you do. But if we'll keep our eyes on Him and His promises, you go, you know what, I can smile and I can be happy about this. We live in a time when we're seeing Bible prophecies coming to pass. Yes, we are. We really are. I mean, China and Russia becoming friendly and nuclear powers in those nations there. And now's not the time to let our walk with Jesus get cold. That's right. Now's not the time to get distracted. Get caught up. And, and, you know, I understand some of the things we see going on. They're scary. If you don't know that God's bigger and you don't know that God's holding you in the palm of His hand, it's scary. It's depressing. It's worrisome. Yes, it is. But God's bigger. Yes, is. God's training us. He's training special forces, I believe, all over the world. People that will love Him and serve Him and just go, you know what? God said it. I believe it. And in my life, that settles it. It does not matter what comes. I know that God's bigger and He's big enough to turn around any situation. He's big enough to take care of me no matter what. It's time to reach people. It's time to love people. Yep. It is. It's an exciting time to be alive. 
things going on in the world, but because of the blood of Jesus, we can have no fear. Psalm 65 and verse 11, we've been looking at Psalm 65 a little bit. It says, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. And I believe God's got a harvest of peace, a harvest of joy, a harvest of grace, a harvest of health, a harvest of provision. And God's got a harvest of souls to come into the kingdom this church and churches all over the world, this year, right now, I believe, in Jesus' name. That's right. Hallelujah. We understand, and sometimes people have thought, well, if I become a Christian, you know, I'll never have a bad thought, and everything will just work out, and <laughs> the lights will all turn green, and everything will be on sale, and my boss will double my pay and give me a bunch of time off, and that's not how it is. Oh, that it would be. See, y'all are talking about heaven. <laughs> Right? Come on now. Challenges come. Challenges come. You know, you know where you get strong? You get strong by working those muscles. You get strong in the gym. You get strong by, by fighting the good fight of faith. But what do we pray? Oh, God, just give me an easy life. God, I don't want any challenges. You know, your biggest challenge can be your biggest victory. Amen. And we don't pray for challenges. Oh, no, you're smarter than that. They come along on their own. Is that right? right? But we know I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We were born for more. We were born for more. More grace, peace, wisdom, joy, influence, health. More blessing, more joy. There's a spiritual force to tap into that joy of the Lord. We'll talk about it in a little bit. We serve a God of hope and dreams. We rise up and walk in it. We're blessed to be a blessing, aren't we? Let's look at Psalm 144. I believe we looked at this a few weeks ago, maybe for the offering. Psalm 144, beginning in verse 9. The psalmist said, I will sing a new song to you, my God on a ten-string lyre. I will make music to you, to the one who gives victory to kings. You know, you read there in the book of Revelation, he calls you kings and priests unto God. I'll give victory to kings. The one, we praise the one who gives victory to us, to his children, who delivers his servant David from the deadly sword. Deliver me, rescue me from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. Then our sons and their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. I love that. We've got a promise for our kids, don't we? Yes. You say, well, it doesn't look too good right now. Well, it's not over. That's right. Come on, it's not over. The cake's still baking. It's not over. It's not over. Say, it's not over. It's not over. Verse 13, our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Come on now, just say, just tell the Lord and remind the devil. Say, you know what? I got a covenant with God. My barns are filled with provision. What that means is I have plenty of money. My checkbook's full. My, my uh, savings account is full. My garage is full. Praise the Lord. My, my house is blessed in Jesus' name. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Right. In other words, you understand, not, you're not 
taken captive by anything. The devil's not winning. He's not taking over in your life. Verse 15, Blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. It says, blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. If people understood this, they would be flocking to Jesus. People would be running instead of running away from Jesus. They'd be running to Jesus. It's like, well, if I give Jesus my life, you know, he, he may want my money. He may want me to change friends. You know, he may want, you know, God, there, there'll be some changes, all right, but it'll all be for good. Come on now. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Is Jesus your Lord? Yes. Then you have a right and a responsibility to say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because of Jesus, not because I'm so smart or I'm so beautiful or whatever it is. I'm blessed because I'm a child of God. Yes. Now, Psalm 144 and verse 15, it says, happy are the people. Different translation. Happy are the people. Happy. Hap, hap, happy. Happy are the people. You know why people aren't happy? Because we think about the wrong thing. Because we get our eyes off of all that Jesus has done. And we, it's easy to worry. It's easy to look at the problems and the circumstance and the situation. Real Bible faith always has joy yes. with it. That's right. And I'll be honest with you. Man, I've been struggling here. Because of things, because of different stuff, you know, uh, it's easy to just go, ah, another day, wonder what's going to happen today. Instead of going, another day, I wonder what's going to happen today. Praise the Lord, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Because, you know, this thing happened and that bad thing. And that, you know, just after a while, and that's the devil's strategy sometimes, always, just to wear us down. That's right. You got to be careful about that. Happy. Happy. Look at the person beside you. What do you think? Do they look happy? Come on now. At least you look happy at them, all right? <laughs> Psalm 30 and verse 5. Oh, my goodness. I wish the first part of this verse wasn't in here. But it says, weeping may endure for a night. And that's where a lot of us have gotten stuck. Weeping. Oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he says... I know you don't know, but I know. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. You prayed those prayers? I have. Lots of times. I don't know what I'm going to do. Weeping may endure for a night, but I'm glad that's there. Joy comes. Say, joy comes. Joy comes. Say it again. Joy comes. Come on, let's say this a few times. Joy comes. Joy comes. Joy comes. In other words, that problem did not come to stay. It is temporary. You look at that situation and go, weeping endures for a night. But joy comes in the morning. Joy comes. It will come. Praise the Lord. And I'll be transparent. You know, I have a pastor friend called me a month or so ago, and he's just like, you know, thinking about you and praying for you, and I have a relationship with this person. And, and I, he just said, how you doing? I said, man, it's been tough. Honestly, it's been tough. The last eight or nine months have been tough. Praise the Lord. 
And he, ta- he sh- opened his heart and shared with me. He said, you know, and, and he'd had a, a family member. His brother-in-law suddenly passed away. And four or five people in his church just suddenly passed away. Uh, it's been a few years now. And he said, man, you know, he said, I'll be honest with you. I just got, he said, I didn't feel like doing anything. He said, you know, I didn't, I didn't really want to preach. For a long time, for, for weeks and months. But he said, I just, I just kept going. I kept doing what I knew to do. And one day, the sun came out again. Yes. I said, thank you for sharing that with me. You know, people aren't always transparent. And I don't believe we need to tell everyone all of our problems. But people we have a relationship with. You know, some people, you, you, you don't ask them how you're doing. Because they'll tell you, you know. Yeah. You think, I don't have 15 minutes right now. <laughs> you know. But if you have a relationship with them, that's different. And he just, he's like, look, joy comes. It'll come. Hallelujah. So don't feel like you're the only one that's ever been there. Everyone faces things in life. Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes. Joy, it's the word, uh, it's, it's the Hebrew word rena, R-I-N-N-A-H would be the English spelling of it. It says, a shout of rejoicing, shouting, loud cheering and triumph and singing. Now, that's not what the Rockies have been doing lately. It's what the Nuggets hope to do this year. You ever been, it's amazing, the team that's just won the Super Bowl or just won the World Series or the NBA championship, you go in that locker room and they're not like, well, we got it done. I'm going on vacation, and you know, I got that extra four or five hundred thousand dollars, and you know, and it's not a big deal. Well, I'm gonna get back to work tomorrow. Oh, are you kidding? They're shouting and dancing and acting like they're eight years old, right? Someone said joy is the most infallible sign of the presence of God. Joy, because I know I've been saved. Because I know even, even though I'm facing some things, I know Jesus is Lord. I know God's for me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? I know that He has the answer. I know that I serve the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And the taters in those hills. I serve the one whose blood was shed because He loves me. That's incredible, isn't it? You look at in the book of Acts, remember the Acts 2, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened? I mean, people said they were drunk. And they said, oh, these people, they're, they're drunk on something. Yeah, they were drunk on the joy of the Lord. The Spirit of God was working in them, right? Psalm 34, verse 17 and 19 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears. The Lord hears, say the Lord hears. Notice this, and delivers them out of all their troubles. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Say all. Say it again. Say all. The Lord hears and delivers them out of all. I lost this side. The Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. You say, well, I'm a candidate. Well, praise the Lord. You know, God's still a miracle worker, isn't He? 
obstacles, situations, they come to everybody. It's easy to get, to get overwhelmed, and that's the devil's strategy, just to get you discouraged where you that's give right. up. And you know the only time you lose is when you truly give up. Are you with me? Frustration is not faith. Oh my. Do I ever need this? Too many of God's children, that's where we live. We just get by. We just we, we get into that survival mode and whatever it is, or our health or our marriage or our finances or even our church. We're just we're just gonna survive. No, we're gonna thrive in Jesus' name. Is that right? Come on now. Be careful not to take your mistakes so seriously. Do not take your mistakes so seriously. Anyone who's never made a mistake, raise your hand. We'll pray for liars right now. Come on now. Huh? God is bigger. Say, God is bigger. Now, I'm not telling you just to do whatever. And, oh, I can just do whatever. And then God, he's got to make it all up. And I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes we go, you know what? I made that mistake. And that identifies us. And that stops us from going forward in God. God is bigger. God is bigger than the biggest mistake you've ever made. In fact, if you'll let God, he'll use that biggest mistake you've ever made and turn it around and make you to be blessed and use you to be a blessing to others who've made that same mistake. Yes. So, what do we do? Just get that worried look off your face. <laughs> Man, I've been, I've been having the worried look on my face for way too long. It doesn't matter so much, one minister said, it doesn't matter so much what you've done in the past as what you're going to do right now today. Yes. I can't control yesterday. I can learn, I can repent, I can apologize, and I probably need to. But I can only control right now. And if I will control right now, then my tomorrow is going to be better and the next day is going to be better. James 1 and verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That is not, that just should not be in the Bible. Be happy when there's a trial going on. Honestly, how many of you just, just naturally, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, the washing machine breaks down, and the dryer breaks down, and the car breaks down, and three payments behind on the house, and my wife's mad, and I just got fired, and I go, yeah, I'm excited about this. Are you kidding me? No, he didn't say it is all joy. He said, you count it joy. Why? Knowing Knowing This is why we don't count it joy, because we don't always know. We're not always convinced. We're not always 100% sure that the testing of our faith will produce patience. <laughs> and patience having its perfect work, it will come out. In other words, he said, you just have a backbone, and you just stand steady, and you keep believing God, and you keep acting like the Bible's true. And I've read the back of the book, and I know that I win. But sometimes I forget. I'm right in the middle of the storm. I'm right in the middle of the problem. And it's easy to focus on that and forget about that God has already made a way where there is no way. 
Time and time and time again in my life, God has turned things. God has brought me through. It's looked like I wasn't going to make it in a certain area, many different areas in my life. But somehow, God has come through every single time. Yep. Hallelujah. That's right. Hallelujah. Thank you. I, I remember so many times in the church thinking, and I don't want to get off too far. We don't have time. But I, I remember there was a, a time and, and it was people wanted to meet with me. They hadn't been coming to church very long and they wanted to meet with me. I'm like, great, you know, they're leaving. That's Mr. Faith and Power. <laughs> or, you know, they, they've come four or five times and, and, you know, they want to, now they've been here long enough, they want to tell me all the things that the other church they left that they do that I need to do. Don't look at me. It's happened more than once. I say, well, if that church was so good, why did you leave there and come over here? Hallelujah. <laughs> I remember meeting, and I was just dreading meeting with them. They're nice people. They're really nice people. But I, I was just dreading, oh, God, I'm going to have lunch with these people. Well, I, you know, and I'm a preacher. I'm going to have to pay. I'm going to pay for them to tell me goodbye. You know, it's just like, <laughs> this just doesn't seem right. And we, we met and we talked a while. And they slid a check across the table. They said, well, we've had some money come in and, and we want to give. They slid a check across the table. <laughs> they said, we want to give this to the church. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. And that's about four or five months worth of what the church is. You know, we were thinking, we thought we were going to have to close the church this month. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's like four or five months of what's been coming in. I mean, so I got a little happier. <laughs> and I was glad to buy lunch. And they said, oh, oh, by the way, you mentioned we need a new computer. And oh, oh, well, here, write out another check. How much is that? How much a good computer? And I, I should have said more. But I said, well, we can get by with this. And then write that check out here. There you go. I'm like, another check? Come on. Is God a big God? You say, well, I'm not a pastor. People don't just hand me checks. <laughs> I know lots of pastors. People don't hand them checks. Come on now. And I'm talking about the church. I'm not talking about, I'm not trying to get a nickel out of it. I hope you understand that. I'm just telling you that God's a big God and He can turn around any situation. Even when it's impossible. Praise the Lord. But we don't count it joy because we're not really sure that God's going to turn it. We're thinking, this is the end. Was, it, was that the Doors that sang that song? This is the end, my friend. <laughs> Dominic knows. Yeah, he knows all of them. Him and Tim, they know them all. Praise the Lord. Don't ever play Stump the Composer or Stump it with those two guys because they know. <laughs> Having done all, stand as a conqueror. Some things we cannot control, but we can control our attitude. Yes. It's true. 
Some things are beyond your control. But we can be happy. And in fact, if you will tap into the joy of the Lord, there is spiritual strength there, and it will get you through that storm. Psalm 42, beginning in verse 4. Everybody hits those spots. I'm encouraged. And it's like I thank that pastor for opening up with me. Because, I mean, this, this pastor, and I could name him, and some of you would know, but, I mean, he's got an amazing church and doing an amazing job, and he has many hundreds of people and a beautiful building and, you know, buildings and, you know, and paid for. And, and I mean, just so, you just look and think, man, you're going and blowing. You never have any trouble, you know? You ever feel that way? Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. In other words, just tell the devil, it ain't over yet, baby. It's not over yet. You're going to get two black eyes and a bloody nose, and you're going to lose again. This is another opportunity. I'm going to stay in faith. I'm going to stay rejoicing. The devil, you are going to lose because you've already lost. Ha, ha, ha. Psalm 42. Everybody hits these spots. 42 and verse 5. The psalmist said, Why well, used to go with the multitude? I went with them to the house of God. With the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept them kept the pilgrim feast, he said, "You know, I used to go to church, but I got discouraged and I quit." Does anybody know anybody like that? Yeah. It's amazing how many people I talk to when they find out I'm a pastor, and that's not the first thing I tell them because then you know right away sometimes they're, "Oh, well, you know, I was baptized this. Great. How's your relationship with Jesus? I don't care." If you're sprinkled or dunked or you know spit on it, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> now I'm not teaching that doctrine right now. You understand that? But it's amazing to me how many people you know they're like, well, yeah, I wish. Yeah, I used to go to church. I had a guy tell me yesterday. I used to go to church, and you know, and and then this happened, and I fell out of church, and I hadn't been back to church since. And I always tell them, look, just because people fail, including me, I'm a minister, I'm a pastor too, that doesn't mean God has failed. You know it? He said, I used to go. I used to come with a voice of joy and praise. (laughs) But then he said, uh, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Stop there. Probably most of us would go, okay, well, here's the reason. Here's number one reason why I'm discouraged. Here's number two. Here's number three. You know, it's my, whatever it is, my boss, my, my pastor, my house, my, you know, my bills, my wife, my husband, whatever it is, right? He said, why are you cast down? It's interesting that he talked to his soul. Man is a three-part being. You, you are a spirit man. When your spirit man leaves your body, you're gone. Your body's just going to lay there. It's just like taking off a coat and throwing it down. It has no life in it. Your spirit man, that's where life comes from. The spirit man. Then you have a body. That's, we all see the body, right? And your body is just Play-Doh. You can shape it kind of however you want to, however much work you want to put into it. Take care of it. It's the only one you have. And if you don't take care of your body, you're going to be on the other side. Is that right? Praise the Lord. And then the soul realm, the mind, the will, 
the emotions. Now your spirit man is connected to your soul. The battle really is in the soulish realm. It's in renewing your mind. It's thinking God's thoughts. Your heart is alive unto God. But when you're born again, you have the same thinking. If you believe crazy stuff, you probably still believe that. You're going to have to wash that mind. You're going to have to renew it. You're going to have to change it to conform it to what the Word of God says. He said, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Say that with me. Hope in God. Say it again. Hope in God. God is our hope. He's our only hope, isn't He? Yes. God is our hope. He said, soul, hope in God. Put your trust in God. Don't just look at the circumstances. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance. He said, I walked around like this. But then I started hoping in God, and I went, ah, you know, you can tell how people walk in, how their week's been. Now, as we grow spiritually, you can't always tell because people are acting in faith. You say, well, they're just being hypocritical. No, it's not hypocritical to act like the Bible's true. That's right. Right? Hope in God. Hope, say that with me again. Hope in God. He said, you know what? I shall yet praise Him. I used to praise Him. I used to go to church. I used to be excited about it. And I'm going to get excited about Jesus again, is what we would say in the New Testament. We need one another. When you get discouraged, don't quit. Don't quit coming around. Don't quit. We need one another. Come on, I need you. And you need one another. We need. Family needs one another. Well, I don't necessarily like all my family members. Well, you know what? Maybe you need to just get over it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 42, verse 6 in the message. He said, I was always at the head of the worshiping crowd. Think about that. He was the leader. Right out front, leading them all, eager to arrive in worship, shouting praises, singing thanksgiving, celebrating all of us God's feast. That's a real key to keeping that joy, is to be the one singing, the one shouting. And I'm not just talking about in church. You know, you need to shout in your bedroom. He said, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. When my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know of you. Now that is such a key right there. When... When, when I'm thinking the wrong, when I'm discouraged, when it's not going right, I have to grab my mind and bring it back and say, okay, God's brought you out of these things before. God's for you. God's hand is not short. God is able. God is able. God is well able. Right? He said, I rehearse everything I know about you. God, I know you love me. I know you're faithful. I know you heard me when I cried out. I know this is not your best. I know that there's more. I've asked you, and I believe you're working. And so we get our mind on that, right? It's a choice. We say, the Lord is my shepherd. That's a good time to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, I trust you. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of my testimony, I agree with God. 
we can think and talk ourselves out of sadness and into the joy of the Lord. It's so important, the words we speak when we face a problem. Psalm 100, beginning in verse 1, says, shout with, the, shout with joy. Shout with joy. There, I got it out. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with sadness. Praise the Lord. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya, someone's crying low. Kumbaya. I've been in that church. Not anymore, and that's not what this church is going to be either. Oh, my goodness. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord, not with sadness, but with gladness. Come before Him singing with joy. In fact, that's a good way to get in God's presence. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Remember last week? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. For the the Lord is good, for the Lord is good, for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good, for the Lord is good, for the Lord is good. If we will get our mind on the fact that God is good and He's for us and He's working, it's easy to smile. That's right. But when we're worried, oh man, have I been worried. I'm changing. I don't know about you. This sounds pretty good. I want in on it. Give thanks to Him and praise His name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and His faithfulness continues to each generation. So many pressures in life. Let's skip down. Psalm 42, 11, it says, uh, hope in God. Hope in God. There's still hope. Say, there's still hope. Say it, there's still hope. Now, joy must be expressed. Hallelujah. And your heart is full of joy. But we've got to let that out. We've got to renew our mind. We've got to, you know, your, your mind, your, your soul realm can, can quench what your spirit is telling you to do if you don't watch it. The more we act joyful, the more it's going to become a reality in our life. It's true. We just, you've heard me say it. What if the Bible is really true? And what if we just acted like it was true? I think my life would be different. I know it would. So just a few quick things here. Real joy is not dependent upon other people. Other people may be having a bad day. I mean, you know, I've been honked at. I've been flipped off. I mean, you know, I'm like, what in the world? Oh, I'm just, I'm not doing anything wrong here. I'm not going 90, you know, I'm only going 85 here, and you're mad at me because I'm not going fast. What's the problem? Some people, they're just having a bad day. Yep. Come on. That's right. And if you let that person steal your joy or control your joy, you are giving them power over your life yep. instead of Jesus' power over your life. I am who Jesus says I am. I have what Jesus says I have. And I can do what Jesus says I can do. Yep. Understand this. 
You and Jesus are to run your life. Not that person who's having a bad day. The help of the Holy Spirit on the inside. He helps us. Real joy is not dependent upon other people. People can stand in front of you and yell at you and call you names. And that doesn't mean that doesn't hurt. But you just go, "Mm, I believe I'm who God says I am. And yeah, I'm I'm a learner. I'm not perfect. I haven't arrived. But you're not going to steal my joy. Come on now. Real joy, number two, is not dependent upon past successes or failures, especially our mistakes. It's not dependent upon past success. Well, you know, I was a captain of this, and I was, and that used to be real successful, and now I'm not, you know, and well, it's not over yet. Yeah. Come on. If, if, just about anybody in life, if, if you live very long, you're going to have some of these in life. Right? Joy is not dependent upon our past. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Don't remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Now it shall spring forth. In other words, God wants to do something new in your life. Every day is a new day filled with new possibilities. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Not dependent upon the past. Number three, it's not dependent upon present circumstances either. Most of our present circumstances are subject to change. Just like I told you, I was only one check away from a breakthrough. The church was only. You understand that? Sometimes the present circumstance, my boss has a bad attitude that day, my car broke down or... You know, well, the house I live in, as soon as I get that house, you know, as soon as I get the car paid for, that I, my dream car and my dream house and my dream job, and as soon as all my bank accounts are full of money, and as soon as I can, then I'm going to be so happy. You know what? You're going to die miserable. <laughs> If you put everything off, your present circumstances, some of them you control, some you don't. Don't let 20 minutes of a bad day convince you that the whole day was bad. It's so easy to do. Well, how was your day? (laughs) How was the rest of your day? Oh, okay. (laughs) Come on. Don't let somebody else having a bad day rob your joy and cause you to believe that your day was bad. Come on. It's easy to focus on what we don't have rather than what we do have. Cindy and I were talking about, even this week, some about some different people, and some of them a lot of money, but they're just miserable. She said, I wouldn't trade. I said, I wouldn't trade either, but you know, I wouldn't mind having a little more. <laughs> it's easy to be focusing on what we don't have instead of being thankful and rejoicing about what we do have. Come on. If we wait until everything is just right before we decide to get happy, never be happy. Real joy, here, let's wrap it up here. 
Real joy is found in Jesus. Real joy, true joy. And we'll lose joy if we put it in anything else. Why well, just find all my joy in my job? You should have a job that you enjoy. That's a good thing. But there will be days when your job won't bring you joy. No matter how good it is, no matter how much you believe God's got you, no matter how blessed you are to have it, there will be days when things don't just go quite right. If we place our joy in anything else, if we get all of our joy, now, now I have joy in people, I love people, I have joy in my, my children, my grandchildren, especially grandchildren, you have a lot of joy there, right? Grandparents all go, yeah, that's right. Because I can play with them and we can spoil them and fill them full of chocolate and send them home. Amen. When they were my kids, I couldn't do that, you know. I had to deal with the consequences. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I, find, I have joy in those things. I have joy in where we live. I have, I have joy in the goodness of God. You know, I, I enjoy uh, food. Thank God there's a lot of things I enjoy in life. And we should enjoy those things. But just don't let those things be dependent. You be dependent, let me say it this way, on those things to have your joy. You know, it's like, man, I had not had a steak in six months, so I'm not very happy. Come on. Real joy is found in Jesus. Proverbs 15 and verse 15. All the days of the desponding are afflicted and made evil by anxious thoughts and foreboding. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of circumstances. In other words, if you're you're depressed, if you're looking on the negative side of life, it says it can have evil days and anxious thoughts and foreboding, worry. He who has a glad heart. Praise the Lord. So don't let your joy be dependent upon outward circumstances so much as who you are in Christ. Psalms 118, let's read a couple of scriptures and close. Psalms 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The message says, let's celebrate and be festive. Maintaining that joy will put us over. Some people, they think they're, they're so spiritual because they just walk around sad, you know, like they've just eaten a sour pickle and they're just depressed and, you know, and, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a whatever, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm believing God. I'm just, if we're believing God, we go, you know what? God's got this. There's a difference, isn't there? You know, people, some people, they just, they need to wear a sign, approach with caution. Because you're just like, nah. You know, I don't want to poke the bear because, man, that bear, it's not good. Yep. Philippians 4 again. Always be joyful in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Yes. Remember earlier it said be kind, but it says be considerate. Well, they're not considerate to me. Uh, you know, we're not talking about them. We're talking about you. Well, you know, they just and I ran all down anywhere. Well, you know what? The law of sowing and reaping works for everything. Yep. You say, I know. They give it to me, I give it back. No. You walk in love and you be kind and you do what you know to do. And then you can't control everybody, but still you're going to get a harvest of that. Yep. If that person won't respond like God wants them to, other people will. Come on. 
Still with me? Yes. Nehemiah 8.10, The joy of the Lord is our strength. You must not be dejected and sad. The joy of the Lord is your... You're feeling weak? What do we need? Man, am I preaching to myself. The joy of the Lord will give you strength to get through anything. A couple stories. This author, and I can't pronounce his name, so I won't try. He tells a story about his mother and their misery dinner, they called it. And it was many years ago. The father came home, and he said that they'd have to go into bankruptcy because his partner absconded with a bunch of the money, and they were depressed. So the mother went out and sold some of her jewelry and bought the stuff for an amazing meal and cooked an amazing meal. And some chided her. They said, well, you know, you saved that money. What are you doing? And he's like, no, that was the time we needed to rejoice. That was the time we needed a boost. That was the time that we needed some encouragement. And they made it. They made it. Said we needed that right now, not a month from now. And sometimes we just need that boost. We need that encouragement, don't we? Real joy draws good things and good people to us. If you want to have happy friends... Do you want good people in your life? How are you going to attract them? You put a smile on your face and people, you know, if if you just stand around and smile, people come over and ask you what you're so happy about. They're like, what's so funny? What do you know? It's just like, I got the joy of the Lord. And they say, oh, you're one of those crazy ones. Yes, I am. Joy is contagious. And so's grouchiness. So's argument, being argumentative. So's sadness. So's depression. What is it you are going to carry into your family, into your workplace? What is it you're going to carry into church? Hallelujah. Joy is contagious. You get a baby to laugh. How do you get a baby to smile? You know, people act so foolish to get a baby to smile. But it's contagious. And you can walk into a group of friends and, you, you, you know, you can just be happy and be cheery. You don't have to be obnoxious, but just be happy. And pretty soon the mood there will just lighten up. I've done it. Unfortunately, I've done it the other way sometimes, too. And so you don't look at me so holy. <laughs> But I've done it. You walk in, you walk into a hospital room or something, and it's just, oh, you know, and this, and you go, well, I, I thank God for good doctors, and I'm so glad you've got the best doctor, and if you don't have the best doctor, you trade him in, you get a better one. But this is what God says. We've read the back of the book, and we win, and let's pray and believe God. And man, just the whole atmosphere, you know, it just it changes. You're a carrier. Say, I'm a carrier. I'm a carrier. Keith Moore said this many years ago, and it's, it slapped me in the face so many times. He said, Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Yeah. 
And that's hit me so many times. And I go, all right, where am I at? But, uh, but this, but that, but this. And you got every right to... No. I, I know. Maybe I do have every right to feel that way. But God's bigger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that all right? Let me tell this story. And uh, then... We'll close. Roy Hicks, he was a minister, and, and I was blessed to meet Roy, and, and he was uh, uh, oversaw in the Foursquare uh, churches. He was one of the main overseers and oversaw many, many churches, and he said this. He said, I've had the privilege of being a part of a great revival of this area, era of its exploding churches, churches that went from 19 people to 2,800 people. Churches that went from 75 people to 1,500. And all of these exploding churches, there are four common denominators. A spirit of fellowship. A spirit of fellowship. Number two, a spirit of worship. Number three, a spirit of joy. A spirit of joy. And number four, a spirit of faith. He said, I've noticed how quickly these congregations respond with joyful laughter, how their faces beam as they listen to the word. They sense the joyful presence of the Lord. Just like the psalmist, he said, well, I used to go into church happy. I used to go in and worship, and man, but I, you know, I hit these storms, and I haven't. Well, let's get back to it. Come on, do we want to come out victorious? We do, don't we? Yes. Joy is contagious. It's contagious. Mark Hankins, let's close here. He said, if you only knew what happens in the Spirit when you rejoice, you'd do it all the time. If we only knew, but I don't feel like it. But it's not just what we see, it's what happens in the Spirit realm. It's what's happening around. Joy is a powerful spiritual force. And I'm not talking about just natural joy. I'm talking about tapping in by faith. And acting like the Bible's true. And instead of being depressed, going, well, you know what? Ha ha, I don't know about that, but I do know about this. I do know that God's big, and I do, not, I do know it's not over. I do know God's faithful. I do know He loves me. I do know that God's working. So I'm just going to get happy. How are you going to pay that? I don't know. Ha 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 ha. What are you going to do about that relationship? Well, I'm going to walk in love, and I'm going to be kind, and I'm going to do what I know to do, but that's all I can do, and so I'm just going to be happy. Yeah. I'm not going to let someone else's bad day, my boss or whoever it is, Pastor Dan, whoever, I'm not going to let them steal my joy because the joy of the Lord is my strength, and today, these days we live in, I need strength, and so do you. So smile, ha uh ha, -huh. smile at me, come on now. You say, Pastor Dan, are you done? Yeah, I'm done, that's something to be joyful about. <laughs> if you can't be happy about anything else, be happy that we have good cookies again today. No, there's always so much to be joyful about, isn't there? But I'll be, and I've tried to be transparent with you, you know, things happen, and if you don't watch it, it will steal your joy. And if you let it steal your joy, it'll steal your peace. It'll steal the future that God has for you. It'll steal the blessing of God from your life. 
You can't let that happen. Hallelujah. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is where it all starts. That's where true joy comes. It starts, it begins, it ends with Jesus. Pray something like this. Pray it out loud. To make Jesus the Lord of your life, just say, God in heaven, I come in Jesus' name, and I believe with all my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that Jesus is alive, and Jesus is Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord. I will serve you joyfully every day of my life in Jesus' name. Fill me today and every day with your Holy Spirit. Give me power to live, to overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, something like it. It doesn't have to be those exact same words. Remember the thief on the cross just said, remember me. He said, he just cried out in faith. Tell someone, take a stand. Get with believers. Get, you know, if you live somewhere where there's not anybody at all, will you pray and believe that somebody comes? That's right. But at least there's so many good things online. But don't just stay home and watch things online. You get with people that can hug you and love you and pray with you and encourage you, and you can do the same to them. Praise the Lord.